Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl. I'm Sarah. That's me. And a bi-demisexual girl. That's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, gender detachment. Sounds fake, but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod. How is everyone's Pride Month going? Good? Bad? Nooch? I hope it's going good. I've heard some things that it's not going good for everyone, but I hope it's going good for you. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to a Pride thing, I think, on Saturday. It's too late now if you're hearing this. Mm -hmm. In Boston, you can't come find me. And I'm hoping everything's going to be okay. Yeah. (laughs) Going to bring some pepper spray just in case. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. Do you have any housekeeping? Literati event? Come to it? Yeah. I saw in our answers to what people are doing for Pride that I did forget to post the answers Uh, I saw in the responses that someone is celebrating Pride by coming to our event, which is the correct thing to do. So yeah, June 30th at Literati in Ann Arbor, we're doing a book event. Mm -hmm. Come see us. What are we going to say, girl? I have no idea. Who knows? (laughs) Not us. Not us. Not us. Kayla, what are we talking about this week? This week, we're talking about gender detachment because in February... A lovely person. We are up on all of the news and the trends. I answered a lot of emails today. I'll have everyone know. If you received an email back, even though you emailed us in January. Um, sorry. We got a six-month turnaround. <laughs> you really do. Uh, anyway, a lovely person named Dean. Not the Dean I live with. A different Dean. Oh. In, just kidding, March. Not as bad. Uh, sent us this article and was like, if you haven't seen this, thought you might find it interesting, which I find very helpful because neither Sarah nor I are all that online in A-Spec spaces anymore, just because I think we both got a little burnt out post-book. Yeah. So I really don't know what's going on anymore. Um, so thank you. And everyone feel free to give us tips of that nature um, in the future. But anyway, lovely Dean sent me an article um, about some research that had come out about asexuality and gender. And I sent it to Sarah and I said, this sounds like you. Let's talk about it. Yes. And now here we are. And now here we are here to talk about it on this day. <laughs> Months after this was published, <laughs> this poor person wrote this research so long ago and did press for it so long ago. And now here we are bursting through the wall like Kool-Aid Man (laughs) months later, like, hello. Look what we found. Look what we found. Incredible. (laughs) Everyone already talked about it. We just weren't there. Because to be fair, the original tweets were posted in February and we were a little busy. We were a little busy. Also, February 28th. That is the last day of February. And also, we were busy. We were busy. That's my dad's birthday. So, yeah. (laughs) Now you know. (laughs) Now you know. Anyway, enough excuses. All right. Do we want to just uh, do a little read of of the thread? I think we shall. Um, So this is all based on the work of Canton Weiner, who is, I think they recently graduated with their doctorate. Ah! Incoming Assistant Professor of Sociology and Gender and Sexuality Studies at NIU, Northern Illinois University. Slay. I guess Weiner would be how you pronounce that, but my brain coming from German is like, Wiener. Wiener. <laughs> Not no. No. That would be Wiener. Anyway, so I think they just graduated with their PhD recently. I was stalking there. Inst- or their Twitter earlier. Can I quick um, quick interlude? This is this is not relevant. You know what's weird? People that like w- we went to college with, who we knew from college, like graduating 
with MDs. Yeah, I don't care for that, actually. And, like, doctorates. Yeah. I'm, I shouldn't be that old, but no. I am. Nope. Anyway. Anyway, so this person's a doctor. <laughs> um, do you want to do a read? Sure. Let me go back to it. All right. So, quote from at Canton Weiner, uh, my paper on the relationship between asexuality and feelings of detachment from gender just won the 2023 Graduate Student Paper Award from Soch Women South. Sociologists so so- for women. For women in society. In society. They uh, advance and support feminist research, activism, and scholarship. Slay. Tweets are not endorsements. <laughs> and they said, I'm thrilled to see this work recognized by feminist organization. A quick summary of the paper. So, my findings are based on interviews with 77 people on the asexuality spectrum. It's the seven again. If you know, you know. Uh, don't. Don't know. It's B- BTS. I'm shocked (laughs) to hear this. Anyway, my findings are based on interviews with 77 people on the asexuality spectrum. At first, I plan to compare the experiences of asexual men, women, and, quote, beyond the binary, unquote, asexuals. I had to scrap that plan. Why? About one-third of interviewees felt detached from gender altogether. These respondents often gave a gender identity when I initially asked. But as we talked, I learned that they felt uncomfortable with being interpreted through the lens of gender. They found gender presentation slash identity to be irrelevant, pointless, or even oppressive. My respondents explained it's that it's hard to communicate this experience of gender because there isn't a term for it, so I created one, gender detachment. This term resonated with my respondents. After I shared it, many used the term for the rest of the interview. This finding is fairly unprecedented. Feminist scholars have written for decades about the radical potential of ungendering for resisting gender inequality, but that work has mostly been theoretical. My findings offer an empirical window into ungendering. This poses several implications for gender scholarship. One, maybe ungendering is moving from the realm of the theoretical to the realm of the empirical. Two, my findings complicate the often unstated assumption that everyone has a gender identity. Questions like, what is your gender, are thus more complicated than they appear. They indicate that gender is compulsory. We assume that everyone does and should have a gender. But is gender detachment specific to people on the asexuality spectrum? I suspect not. But because sexuality and gender are so deeply intertwined, it makes sense that the unraveling of compulsory sexuality could lead to the unraveling of compulsory gender. It's also worth noting that I find a gendered relationship to gender detachment. Almost all of my gender detached respondents were assigned female at birth. This suggests gender detachment may be a strategy for survival or resistance in a patriarchal misogynistic world. And that's kind of, that's that's the gist. They said that they would share more about it once the paper was eventually published. Indeed. And that's the, at is at Canton Weiner, W-I-N-E-R, on the Twitter. Um, I hadn't followed, again, we're not very online anymore, so I hadn't followed this person before, but it seems like they do a lot of, not a lot of, I don't know, a decent amount of, like, tweeting about queerness and asexuality mm-hmm. um, and the like. So give Canton a follow. If you're on that godforsaken tweet machine. Yeah. I don't know if they have other. I don't either. So she's. But anyway. But how exciting. I think this is very interesting. And I also wish it had been published when we were writing our book. (laughs) Oh, my God. So true. I was literally just about to say it intersects a lot with what we talk about in our gender chapter of our book. Yeah. Um and it kind of puts a a more a more succinct term to one of the things that we talked about. Yeah. Well, cuz I think from the discussions we've had about your gender and like my <laughs> my predictions of what will happen with your gender in the future, whether they come true or not, I'm still fingers I love crossed. You have predictions. It's yeah, I'm actually me I'm running a pool. Actually, I'm starting a new a I'm starting a new um, betting app. It's not sports betting. It's um, uh-huh. Sarah's gender it's betting. Betting about Sarah's gender. Yeah, it's not problematic um, at all, okay. actually. In case you were wondering, I can tell you In that case it's you, not. Do you bet money? Because I don't like that. You know that I'm afraid of gambling. Um, Would the gambling make you feel better if it wasn't money? What if it was like... Also, you're not allowed. That would be like insider trading. You're not <laughs> allowed in this at all. This can, Actually, you're can, uninvited. Can the currency be like gummy lifesavers? No, you're not involved. <laughs> this would be like 
this is about me. This would be not like involving. This me. would be like LeBron James being like, actually, when you guys bet on my game, could you just do it in like chocolate gold coins, please? Uh, I would respect anyway, LeBron. I would respect if he did it. that. Um. Anyway, oh, when we man. have discussed Sarah's gender previously, it seems like being kind of gendered attached is what you've like come down on a little bit i think i i've said this before where i have this weird relationship where i have relationship to gender to to gender to gender can't even say her name (laughs) nope um where i do feel a certain amount of attachment to the idea of I don't like the term womanhood because that makes it seem like it's an attachment to like the ability to be a mother. And that is absolutely not what it is. Um, I would like to be far away from that, actually. Uh, but it, the the I feel an attachment to what it is like to grow up as a girl and to be a woman in the world and that experience and that, shall we say, sisterhood, mm. the traveling pants. And so, like, I feel a certain amount of connection to that, but I don't necessarily feel a connection to, like, femininity and the expression of womanhood in the way that people expect it or people uh, enforce it upon people. Yeah. I... I'm not surprised at all that Canton found that gender detachment is more prevalent among people who are like assigned female at birth and and raised and raised raised to be, raised a, to be a woman. A, yeah, like woman. I was yeah. my my roommate Jared, the keeper of the Would You Rather, um, was asking earlier what we were recording about, and I was kind of explaining it, and I was like, you know, what I feel like we've found and what we wrote about in the book from like talking to people about their gender is that one of the like reasons people maybe theorize at least colloquially why aspects are more likely to be non-binary is that like so much of gender is presented because of romantic and sexual relationships like yeah. To have a gender necessitates there being like more than one gender. So you have something to like play off of and like it it necessitates having something to compare it to. Yeah. If everyone were the same gender, gender wouldn't exist. Right. So like there has to be at least two. Yeah, a dichotomy. A dichotomy to like make it anything. And I think oftentimes there that- There was man and there was woman. And then there was Lilith. From we stand. Rib, and then there was Lilith, who's a demon, who we stand. We stand. Lots of Diablo talk in the- If you don't know, we do a pre-podcast, which is when Sarah's <laughs> driving home from work to alert me that she is incoming. I get a series of many audio messages. The topic of today uh, was Diablo mm-hmm. and demons. So I got to teach Sarah about Lilith, who I just learned about, who is who I now stand. Look it up. The song Lilith by Halsey featuring Sugar, excellent. Is it in English? Yeah, it's all English. Okay, I, mean, I might has, need to it listen. Ha- it has to be because it's it's like a Diablo. It's the Diablo song. Yeah, I'm a recent stan of Lilith, so I'll have to take a listen. Anyway, what the fuck were we talking about? Uh, oh, okay. I think oftentimes that dichotomy comes through in like very traditional cis yeah. heteronormative relationships there's a man and a woman you perform your like woman role as like the caretaker and the mother and being like romanced and whatever like that is a big part of how i think people are socialized you, as you women submit to your husband yeah you and i think yeah manhood does not feel the same to me like it feels well, like manhood- men can still be men without women being there at all Manhood is not in reference to anything. Yeah. You do not have to compare it to anything. Like, that's why, like, words like manhood and mankind and just man refer to the entire species. Yeah. Because it exists on its own. Yeah. Whereas womanhood. But you know what? And Barbie, the woman came first. In this essay, I will. (laughs) Amazing. Um, But women 
always exist and in, you know, the humanity lore, at least in in many humanity lores, uh, women have always existed as a reflection of men, as in comparison to men, as... Um, like the foil. Right, as the foil. And, like, women don't get to exist on their own, as their own thing. And when they do, it's seen as... Or when they try to make those spaces, it's seen as a radical, radical thing. So... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that fewer men feel that detachment because man, mankind is humankind. Womankind is women. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like we've definitely heard from A-spec men that like their manhood is definitely challenged by being A-spec. Mm-hmm. Like it absolutely is a challenge of like not feeling masculine enough or like having to deal with like the toxic masculinity of like, oh, if you're not fucking then like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. But it does feel like still on the whole, men can kind of stand on their own without yeah. that. Where a real alpha male able. doesn't care what other people think. So true. But women have to do exactly what men think they yeah. should do. So yeah, that does like that doesn't surprise me at all. And I think it's really cool that that came out like empirically through the research yeah. that like this is straight up a thing. Yeah, and like the the way that it was referred to, that Canton referred to it was as a a strategy for survival or resistance in a patriarchal misogynistic world. I don't, I understand exactly what they were going for in saying that. I don't know that I agree that it's a strategy for resistance because that makes it seem like it's a choice. Yeah, I mean, I um, I doubt that he meant it that and I, way. I but. I I really don't think that's what Canton meant in any way. I I think it's a it's a it's a problem of just not having the right yeah. uh, vocabulary, the right terminology to really say what is meant that we all understand. Because yeah. in a way, like right, it is a survival tactic, but it's not something that you take on mm. consciously. It's like an un right, like because obviously you're not choosing your gender consciously. You're not choosing right. to detach from your gender consciously. Right. But if you grow up yeah. in a society like this, you might like <laughs> your brain might just like kind of, you know, come to that on yeah. its own. And, and, and choosing to act upon it and choosing to talk about it and choosing to be open about that is absolutely an act of resistance. Yeah. Um, but the, the detachment itself is not inherently an act of resistance. And again, I don't. I don't blame Canton. No, I think there's just like really like not the right words mischaracterization. Yeah, there's just no good way to say it yeah. in English. I don't know what other languages. Who's to say? Who's to say? Probably people who speak other languages. Um, this is sort of related and uh, unfounded and I have no research to back it up. Perfect. Perfect. But I am very curious to know outside of asexuality outside of the A-spec in general, the difference in mindsets between people who identify as non-binary or genderqueer or agender, if there's a notable difference in their understanding of their own gender, depending on if they were assigned female at birth or assigned male at birth. I think that would be an interesting thing to look at. And again, like, I know, like, it's tough because, like, that is still kind of like, okay, well, we're putting you back in the boxes that we just took you out of. (laughs) Like, that's, a little bit hard but i think it is important to like dissect the way that these gender boxes impact us and i think that's part of the process of dismantling them is learning to understand them better and to do so sometimes we have to put people back in the boxes to to understand the difference in in the way that they've impacted us yeah because i mean it's it's like any sort of like trauma right like you do need to Face the fact that, like, is the gender binary real? No, absolutely not. But we were all raised under the assumption that it was, and that is going to impact you, whether you think it's, like, real or not. And so, yeah, I think in order to unravel it, you can't just, like, ignore the fact that you were raised a certain way. Like, I feel like in a way you do kind of have to face it and look at it and think, like, okay, what did this do to me? Mm -hmm. And, like, how is that impacting how I'm expressing and realizing and living my gender identity now yeah i have a very like a very strong memory of this i had a gymnastics meet when i was a child and there was someone in the audience 
who I could not tell what gender they were. And they, they, they didn't at the time, not that I necessarily had the terminology or the understanding for this because I was a child, but like to my memory, they, they didn't seem, they didn't present in a way that would be obviously non-binary. Obviously you don't have to look any certain way to be non-binary, but point being like, I think it was just a person who was just like dressed in like a t-shirt and like, I, and I just couldn't tell. And I was like thinking about it. And then eventually the conclusion I came to was it doesn't matter, which good for little Sarah. Great job. Love that. Good thinking. But the fact that I still remember that and like I still have this like niggling curiosity in the back of my head, like what gender was that person? (laughs) Like I think says a lot about the way that we are socialized and brought up to view gender we feel like we have to put people in those boxes and you know as can says like this kind of empirical evidence might be one of the first steps in actually dismantling that because do we need gender i told kayla i told kayla that uh, before, when we were talking about this earlier, that I would like to say things on this podcast that are so <laughs> radical that, um, like, right-wingers come for me, like, theoretically. Yeah, Sarah's interested in becoming hate crime this week for some reason. <laughs> yeah, by, like, mega transphobes. Um, I don't actually want that, to be clear, but I don't think gender needs to exist. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's, like... Canton says, like, you start unraveling compulsory sexuality, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, you start thinking about compulsory gender, which is not a phrase I think I've ever seen before, but I very much so like. Yeah. I'm obviously used to talking about, like, compulsory sexuality a lot, but mm-hmm. I had never really, like, I think in my personal, like, learning journey, the concept of having no gender at all is quite new to me. Yeah. I feel like I only learned about, like, a gender as an identity a couple years ago after like mm-hmm. getting more immersed in the community which i think is hard because i think a lot of people are still like old people especially are still reckoning reckoning with like trans and non-binary folks and like clearly the country can't even get that together right now yeah so like it's it's you know it's like learning about asexuality like you learn that some people have no gender at all and it's like yeah some people that's just gonna explode their little brain yeah in in your mind do you view gender detachment and being a gender as kind of parallel like buddies or do you view them as separate things i think i view them i think they're definitely related but mm-hmm. to me the way at least that canton was describing gender detachment is like it almost feels like apathy to me like these are people who initially came into this interview and said like like when asked here's my gender identity but then Mm -hmm. slowly it was discovered through the interview that they were like didn't really care for it much or like weren't comfortable with it they answered because they felt like they had to pick and then once that was dismantled a little bit they were like actually i i wish i didn't have to pick to begin with and to me um the idea of my understanding of what it is to be a gender i obviously do not speak for any agendered people, much less all of them. Yeah. Uh, but my understanding of it has always been like looking at man and looking at woman and being like, I am neither. And then looking at since, since, you know, and this is a problematic thing, how like it's people are trying to just basically make a third gender, which is non-binary, yeah. which is n- n- uh, right, right thought, but wrong outcome. Yeah. <laughs> um but like you know say say we're going with that like they would look at man and say that's not me they would look at woman and say that's not me they would look at non-binary and say like that's not me because that's still a gender yeah like they they're just like i don't have a gender my gender is just like floating you know um you know in animal crossing the ghost Uh uh-huh that's the gender when you run into Uh uh-huh like oh, yes. all the pieces get lost mm-hmm. and it's like girl i just want to talk to you <laughs> now i have to go find all your pieces anyway so true but when she but when she's together 
as a ghost. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is what I imagine a gender people's gender to be. Interesting. Just floating. Floating. Whereas, whereas gendered attachment to me feels like you just have no care for the concept of gender. Like the institution of gender. And I I know people are going to look at those words or listen to those words and be like, Sarah, you're saying the same thing. <laughs> but they do feel a little bit different. To me. It's a, to me... To me, the vibe I get, which I think is a little different than what you're saying, and like this is just the English language, so unhelpful, like that we just can't know exactly what these people are like saying about themselves. But to me, it feels like, okay, yes, this is like my gender, but like I just don't care. Yeah. Like I don't don't, maybe care enough. Like, like, yeah. Like I don't maybe care enough to like fully delve into it and decide whether like this isn't my gender and in fact I am a gender or something mm-hmm. else like, but it's just like yeah I'm a woman but like I don't, I'm I'm not gonna I stake my personhood on this yeah yeah whereas a gender is like I am staking my personhood on not having a gender yeah I just it's the difference between well mm, words because detached does mean you're detached from it. But it feels yeah. less finite than having your gender identity being a gender. Being, being none. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Clearly, we have no idea what we're talking well, about. <laughs> well, we were, we're on the forefront of a conversation that we're happened three months ago. <laughs> breaking news, everyone. Everyone's listening to it like, yeah, dude, we all read this We've on Twitter new. three months ago. I think, though, I think... There is a distinction, and it's it's very hard to explain to people who don't inherently understand the distinction, but yeah. I think over time we'll probably get better at explaining it, uh, or at least I hope so, <laughs> because all of the people who had, like, gender detachment, <laughs> gender detachment syndrome, if you will. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's just medicalize this whole thing. Ah, Perfect. yes. Well, someone's gonna eventually, so might as well be us. This has been a joke. This has it been is not. This has been a sad joke or disease. This has been a um, sad joke. But those who feel a connection to the idea of gender detachment, they all still have a gender. They all still pres- become. They have a gender to, to be- become detached no, from. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they, yes. they have a gender that they still somewhat identify with that they just feel a certain detachment from. Yes. But there's no, if you're agender, there's nothing there's to be nothing detached to be from because there's nothing there. We've done it. We figured we it, it out. <laughs> Everyone, I know you're on the edge of your seats, but don't worry. Do you think, do you think gender detachment is a gateway drug to agenderism? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if... Kind of like bisexuality can be a gateway drug to lesbianism. Sarah, you're going to piss so many people off. You I don't actually that. mean that. I mean people switching to terms because they feel more comfortable with them and then being like, actually... I'm detaching myself I- from Sarah saying that. <laughs> Please don't cancel me. Um... I do I do feel like there are probably people who go from gender detachment to agender. That feels like a pretty natural progression to me. I feel like probably yeah. not everyone. I feel like a lot of oh, people yeah. probably say it's that. Not way. Like, yeah. But I feel like that feels it's, like it's, a normal. It's not like it's it's not like it's a liminal thing where you're where you're always going yeah. to get to somewhere else. It can definitely be the end point. Yeah. Cause also I feel like you could like reattach to your gender at some point. Yeah. You know? Get some glue. It's fluidity. <laughs> I, mm, okay. <laughs> Get some glue. Maybe it's not the conservatives conservatives that are come <laughs> gonna come for us on this episode, and it's gonna be our own people. Look, I want everyone to know that when I am oversimplifying, it is for the purpose of a narrative and also jokes. I don't mean it. <laughs> We're simply doing our best. Um, you could say for me that um. Uh, gray romantic or WTF romantic was my gateway drug to aromanticism. And you could say that demisexuality was my gateway drug to biromanticism. Yeah. Well, that one, mm-hmm. that, I mean, I, I accept, I, I'll accept that. Thank, wow, thank you. <laughs> 
Sarah well, accepts my gateway drug. Thank you no, I just so mean, much for your One of them is your sexuality and one of them is your romantic, romantic orientation. orientation. Yeah. So they're like friends. Sarah's gatekeeping my gateway drug. Girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep. gateway drug. Girl boss, but detached. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gatekeep, fully attached. That gate is shut. Uh-huh. Gaslight. I got gas just before this podcast. Okay. Quality content. This is what you come here for, guys. Guys is in it? a. I feel like Canton's going to listen to this and be like, non. What? <laughs> I'm, I. Are you I, saying? I was trying to say guys in a non gendered way, but I I kind of mixed uh-huh. it up with non binary and I said non bender. So it's not bender uh-huh. from the TV show Futurama. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Did you see that the voice of uh Jimmy Pesto? Yes. <laughs> I mean he's been like under investigation. They like cut Jimmy Pesto out as a character a while okay, ago. Okay, small bit of context. Uh, on the on <laughs> no. the animated television show Bob's Burgers, it is an animated show for adults. It's very good. It is. Uh, there is a character named Jimmy Pesto. Jimmy Pesto is the worst. Yeah, he's the villain anyway. So really, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. The voice actor who plays Jimmy Pesto was um, found guilty, arrested, found guilty. Uh, for mm-hmm. partaking in the January 6th insurrection. Which is so typical for Jimmy which is, Pesto. Which is so Jimmy Pesto. That is absolutely something Jimmy Pesto would he do. He definitely would do that. Is yeah. his kid, is Jimmy Pesto Jr. still in the show? I don't know. Did they just cut out all the Pestos? <laughs> the Pestos, they moved their restaurant to a different town. <laughs> Wait, but that was Tina's lover. Oh, Jimmy Pesto Jr.? Well... Yeah, wasn't she, like, obsessed with him? I haven't yeah, watched lo- recently. Lo- lover is an extreme term. But. Yeah, I mean, they are children. <laughs> yeah, also, I think it was unrequited. Yeah, probably. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. This has been your Bob's Burger update. your Bob's Burgers interlude. Yeah. Great show. You should watch it. You should. Louise is non-binary. And a lot of... Several of the female characters are voiced by men because gender isn't real true and like it's not played for laughs like it's not like a that's oh haha. like it's like that's just their voice that's just how it be what is the purpose of gender no well if you want to get really sad about it the purpose of gender is so that for discrimination the, the government can control us yeah so i saw a tweet recently that was like a screenshot from a um some Facebook group that was like, you know, defending womanhood or whatever the fuck it was, or like questioning whatever. And it was basically this woman saying that she was uncomfortable that there was a trans man in the bathroom with her because he like had had top surgery, like had facial hair, like looked like a man because he is a man. (laughs) But the people there told them that he had to use the women's bathroom. And so she was like, I was really uncomfortable with this. And it's like, oh, like, are they're finally realizing that the consequences of their uh-huh. actions is you are using bathrooms with men. Yeah, look what you've That's done. That's the consequence you asked, of You asked for this. You asked and well, you shall look, receive. Now you're sad. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's a, here's a question. Gendered bathrooms. I wish they would go away. I wish they would go away, but at the same time, as an AFAB, like, I do, like, men. Men are scary. What I wish they would do is you have one bathroom for urinals and one bathroom for stalls. Yeah. That would be nice. There's a gay bar here that I went to that's like that, but they're not really marked, so I accidentally went into the one with urinals, and I was like, ah! (laughs) <laughs> I can't use this. <laughs> I was scared. I mean, I used it anyway because everyone was everywhere. It doesn't matter. But I was like, I'm scared. Oh, it was. There were other. It was, I thought you meant it was only urinals. No, there was also stalls. But I, oh, I, I just thought, like, I thought I you meant it was only urinals. No, no. I just like hadn't meant to. And I like don't often go to a bathroom with urinals, as you might imagine. So I was just like a yeah. little frightened. And I didn't quite know where to look. 
Yeah. Because I wasn't socialized as a child to know what to do in that situation. So I was a little frightened. I didn't want to, like, be rude. I didn't want to. So I was just. Yeah. And, like, I understand at the heart of, like, the safety concern. But it is misplaced the way that they're doing it. It is. It's completely misplaced. And it's like. But men are scary. We know. We know. That's not. This isn't to say that trans men or trans people or queer people in general can't be predators but it is way less likely and i would feel way safer in a bathroom with a trans man than if it were just me and some cis dudes but also gender isn't real so who knows nothing matters men are scary though i think i just i don't like the concept of urinals like, why is your Where dick out? Where do I out? look? Where I do don't I look? Wa- like, why is your dick out in public? You know? That's actually, you know what? Let's talk about that. Because we have all these laws. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because we have like, these laws about public indecency and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now it's okay it's to okay just whip it's just it out. The guys. And we're going to trust each other to just like not look. To just look. like not look. And there's, but there's not walls in between urinals. No. Like, you could just like. I could just pull up and be like, hello. Interesting dick you got there. (laughs) I just don't. I think we should eradicate both gender and urinals. I think they should at least put up little walls. Yeah. Just like up, just like a bear, just like on the sides. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't have to go all the way to the floor. Do they have those in Europe? I don't fucking know. Just because you you always hear Europeans and just non-Americans in general talking shit about bathroom stalls in the US. Well, they do they do they, they so are upset about the gaps on the side, which fair. Yeah. When I'm in Europe in August, I will do a thorough investigation of every bathroom I enter. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the bathrooms in Europe it's like an entire ass door. Yeah. Well, I'll ask Dean about what the urinal situation is like. I don't I don't know. I f- my instinct is that it's less dory in um on the British Isles, just because I I don't know. Well, that's I'm not sure. where I'm I going. Could be, that, so. I could be totally. Well, I know that's why I said that. Uh, I could be totally making that up. Though. I'll well, I'll do our on the ground research. Or you know what? There's a lot of people that listen to this from a lot of places. Let us know. Yep. What is your toilet situation? What's your, what's your bathroom stall what's going situation? on over there? Do you have to pay for your bathrooms? We don't. And we so don't. They are and stinky. it shows. <laughs> yeah. And they are stinky. <laughs> also, men's bathrooms just tend to be in worse condition. Yeah, because men are stinky. You know what was good, though? Uh, recently, I was at uh, a concert where the audience uh, skewed more towards uh, people assigned female at birth. And so they swapped some of the men's bathrooms into women's bathrooms that's nice and i i used one that was like traditionally a men's bathroom and you know what i was like wow they still have the little trash cans in the stall that is nice i saw a video of someone at a taylor swift concert which is mostly non-urinal users mm-hmm. in attendance and so they like just went into the men's bathroom because they were like the lines are too long and no one's in here and then they got kicked out of the yeah, concert I've, I've heard of that happening that's tough they you got know kicked what out I of the love, concert though? or kicked out of the bathroom yeah no the whole thing they got kicked out of the concert took them right away was this at the beginning in the middle fucking, at the end I don't, I don't they got taken away what I do love, though, is Waitress the Musical. I remember when they were, like, on Broadway, there was, I think, 90% women's bathrooms and then, like, one men's bathroom, which yeah. is, like... That was for Jeremy Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just for Jeremy. Um, just for Jeremy and, no- and Noah Gelvin. Um, okay. Gender, we should eradicate it. It serves no purpose. Make public bathrooms urinals versus stalls. This is my new stance. I understand from a medical perspective why there needs to be some differentiation, but that is the difference between gender and sex. Yeah, Yeah. that is a whole other thing. So we can we can keep sex markers and 
you know what? There should be not just two. Because yep. some people are intersex. It's true. So we should keep those in situations where in like healthcare situations. But healthcare situations only. Yeah. Like like your high school teacher does not need to know what your sex marker is. Yeah, that's weird. Like that's get unnecessary. Out of, get out of here, please. Um gender, get rid of it. Yep. And detach. Let's all group detach. detach. Group detach. Um, we don't need it. Will that happen in our lifetimes? No way. <laughs> Probably not. But we can move in that direction. Okay. Kayla, what's our poll for this week? Are you attached to your gender? How how attached are you to your gender on a scale from... Oh, you know what I'll do? To... There's an Instagram thing where you just do the slider. Oh, you do a I'll slider. I'll just do how do attached you to do a slider. Okay. That's good. That's Write good. That down. Oh, perfect. Okay. Um, Kayla, what is your beef and your juice this week? My beef is the air. Mm, yeah, is it bad there? Uh, it was yesterday. It's better today's. There was some wildfires in Canada this week. Mm-hmm. And so the air has been flowing down onto the East Coast. Um, yesterday it was just pretty like, it wasn't like in New York today where it's like orange outside. It was just kind yeah. of smoky. By the time I do went you, outside you know yesterday. What, did you know what like the index was? Oh, one something. Like 130 something, 160 something? It was like unsafe for even not sensitive people. Yeah, definitely at least 130. Let me check it today. Because I, I get those warnings sometimes just by virtue of living in California. But like obviously it's not as yeah. extreme because... Um, I'm still on air quality alert until tomorrow morning. Okay. Um. Oh, the air quality is 37 today. Mine's 38. So I yeah, I think it's Mine's cleared worse out of, than yours. Yeah, it's cleared out of Boston. Yesterday, I wish I had looked at it. Yesterday was worse. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it wasn't as bad. Um. But yeah, in New York, especially like yesterday, today it's like orange out. It's really bad. It's two fifty um, right now in New York. That's ooh. bad. Yeah, that's really bad. I want that makes me wonder if we're gonna get like a second wave. I don't know. I've never been in a situation where it's been nearly that bad. No, I've seen a lot of videos today of it looks like dune outside. Yeah. Did you see that um picture of it was a Diablo ad that said, Welcome to Hell, New York? Oh, why'd they and do that? It, and then it was like orange outside. Yeah. That's fucked up, but also good ad. <laughs> well, the ad didn't anticipate that. Oh, yeah, I guess that's... I was thinking that they did it on purpose. That's fair. That they, that they caused a gigantic wildfire in No, Canada I thought they were just, like, purpose? really quick on it, and they were no. like, put the ad up. <laughs> no. Okay, never mind. Anyway, that's my beef. Uh, I hope everyone's doing okay on the East Coast. Wear a mask if you have to go outside. In Michigan, it's 147. Yeah, especially Damn. if you're... Especially if you're in New York, again, I mean, it's going to be several days later, but like if your air quality index is like above 150 or 160, don't go outside without a mask on. Yeah, especially if you're immunocompromised, which I'm sure if you are, you know that anyway. But yeah, if you're a like, sensitive little guy. In in Asia, that's a lot of the reason why people would just like just like wear masks is yeah. when the when the fine dust is bad, they wear a mask. Because it fucks you up. Anyway, what's um, your juice? That's, that's my beef. My juice is uh, I restarted my Animal Crossing Island. Mm-hmm. That's been going well. Already paid off two of my debts. I stopped doing that after like three days. What? Paying your debts? No, just when I restarted my island. Uh-huh. And then I did it for like three days. And that's oh, it. and then you stopped. <laughs> Good for you. Um, I feel like I had another one. But I forgot. So that's it. Okay. Um, let's see. In Toronto. Oh, they use a different index. That's theirs sick. is six. Moderate health risk. What does that mean? Maybe like it's, it's one it's a, to ten. It's, a, it's about halfway through the thing, which is a little bit lower <coughs> than where New York was. I bet they do a one to ten, which honestly seems more helpful. Yeah, let's see what they use in Seoul. See, they have the same index, at least at least on my weather app yes. for Seoul. 
Um, what about Dublin? I'm just looking at the cities that I have on my weather app now. Um, I'm trying to find what the index was yesterday. It doesn't fucking say for Dublin. It says that the UV index is zero, probably because it's nighttime. Brisbane. Brisbane also doesn't say. Well. Tubing in? Air quality is just very good. Good for them. Great. Uh, London. Oh, London also has the one through ten. Honestly, I feel their like index that's is three. Better. Yeah. That seems more helpful. It's less specific, but it's more helpful to the general public. <laughs> but what is it here? One to two hundred? No, because uh, New York's at two fifty. Well, where does it go? When does it end? Um, five hundred, maybe. Because 250 seems to be about in the middle. 500 I will accept, I suppose. Air quality index. Quality index max. Zero to 500. Well. 101 to 150 is unhealthy for sensitive groups. 151 to 200 is unhealthy. 201 to 300 is very unhealthy. 301 to 500 is hazardous. Did you see that picture of people doing their fucking equinox? yoga outside in new york <laughs> no that's and it's stupid. like fucking rich people shit like and it also i saw some interesting like discourse one of it was from um imani barbarin who is a disabled activist she's also black so she has some very interesting intersections to talk about she's very good she's a good follow um but she was basically saying like that's just proof that it was never about fitness yeah it like it was always never about, about health it, it was never about health it was always about status and yeah. you know aesthetics and looking a certain way anyway you did your juice right i did it all okay my beef is i need to go back to writing this shit down um <laughs> my juice <laughs> is um i have a gravy which is that my um my interns started this week, which is good mm. because they can help me do stuff, but it's bad because it gives me more work to do. Yeah. Because, like, I have to make sure that they have stuff to do and oversee them and all that jazz. But it does mean that I get free lunch pretty much every day. That's good. That's fun. I love free lunch. Um, I definitely had other beef and juice that I thought of earlier that's just gone. So... Um, you can tell us about your beef, your juice, your favorite type of free lunch on our social media at SoundsFakePod. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash SoundsFakePod, um, where you can tell us about your air quality index. I mean, you could do that anywhere, but you could just yell into the void if you want. Our patrons who support us for some reason are our $5 patrons who are promoting this week are Melissa Kaufman, Meredith Nick Ford, Philip Rucker, and Phoenix Elliott with one L and one T. Our $10 patrons who are promoting something this week are Maggie Capelva, who would like to promote their puppy as Rabin, Martin Giselle, who would like to promote his podcast, Everyone Special and No One Is, Maddie, who would like to promote Gender Euphoria, which I think is the opposite of, well, not, not necessarily the opposite of being detached. I we think you can do both. We don't work in opposites. We don't work in opposites in this, uh, in no. this town. We, everything's a spectrum. But it seems like gender euphoria and gender detachment are probably far away from each other on the spectrum. I just don't agree with you. Okay. I think you could be euphoric in your detachment. As someone who's more detached from their gender than you are, I don't know that I agree, but that's also my <sighs> personal experience. <sighs> well. M- Maddie, you tell us. <laughs> you tell us. <laughs> and Potato, who would like to promote potatoes. Also Purple Haze, who would like to promote their friend's podcast, The Host Club. Our other, what are these, $10? Fuck if I know. Our other $10 patrons um, are Barefoot Backpacker, Ruby Song, A Storm, The Steve, Zirkle Teo, Arkness, Allison, Ben McLeod, Benjamin Abara, Boston Smith, David Harris, Derek and Carissa, Elbitter, Maya and Jeannie, and Coolin. Our $15 patrons are Andrew Hillam, who would like to promote the Invisible Spectrum podcast, Changeling and Alex Hayes Cat, who would like to promote StarshipChangeling.net, Click for Caroline, who would like to promote Ace of Hearts, Dia Chappelle, Twitch.tv, slash Melody Dia, Hector Murillo, who would like to promote Friends are Supportive, Constructive, and Help You Grow as a Better Person, John Young, who would like to promote Detaching. When it's healthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just general detachment. Not always a good idea. No, no. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta do it. Sometimes good, yourself. though. Yeah. 
this has gone in an t- entirely different direction. Math, who would like to promote catching up on the podcast, Nathaniel White, who would like to promote Nathaniel J. White Designs.com, Kayla Zantnina, who would like to promote GateMagotArt.com, and Sarah Jones, who is at Eternal Lolly Everywhere. Our $20 product- productions, whoa, hmm. our $20 patrons are Sabrina Hawk, Merry Christmas, you know, you know who's not really gendered? Santa's elves. I disagree again. In they, all the Christmas movies, they're girl elves and boy elves. But what's the difference? Some of them wear pink skirts and the others mm-hmm. wear mm-hmm. green pants. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. Have you seen the movie Elf? Yes. It's not like Oompa Loompas where they're all men that look vaguely like my grandpa. <laughs> huh? <laughs> In in Willy Wonka in the chat. No, wait. The OG? One? In the OG. Hold on, let me just double check. They look uh, like your grandpa? They're orange. Not the orange part. The green hair part? No, no, sorry. It's Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Hold on. Okay, at least those aren't orange. Um, Oompa Loompa. No. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Are you thinking of munchkins? No. What was I doing? <laughs> Elves, Oompa Loompas, and munchkins are the only, like, fey little guys I could think of. <laughs> so I don't know. Listen, just sometimes the facial structure was like, oh, grandpa. Okay. Is that you? <laughs> it was oh. never my grandpa. I um, bet not. And dragonfly. We're <laughs> still like- here. Who would like to promote, um, what if I got, <laughs> you know, those little trolls, guys? Yes, I know trolls. I should get a little troll that looks like an Oompa Loompa. Just leave it at his grave. <laughs> I think you have to now. I think you gotta. I would be so confused by that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. And until then, take good care of your Oompa Loompas, because they could be Sarah's grandpa. Can one of my cousins please just tell me that, like, someone at some point said that they there's some resemblance? I really hope no one says anything, and this was all just you. Like, he doesn't look like an Oompa Loompa, but, like, at times... At times he does? I, (laughs) I gotta go, bye. Okay.